Hey there. In this episode, I am joined by Barb McGrath from Above the Fold Digital Marketing, and we are going to talk about online course platforms. Specifically, once we get into sort of some techie details, our platforms of choice, which for Barb is Heights and for me is Kajabi. But before we dive into that, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my mission is to help you figure shit out and get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today I'm loving allergy medications, barbecue, and of course, as always, Star Wars. So let me tell you a little bit about Barb, who I met a few years ago at a networking event and who has become a really amazing colleague, whether I need her to cover for something in my business that I don't have either the capacity or the skills for, all the way down to just being a sounding board when I need to like just vent about something stupid that happened in my day, anything really. So known as the Google Girl, Barb founded the Get Found Digital Marketing Program and one of the first Google approved agencies above the full digital marketing. After more than 20 years working with local businesses, Barb knows what it takes for those local businesses to succeed and be on the first page of Google. Now, Barb has worked with some of Western Canada's most well-known brands, including Connexus Credit Union, Factory Optical, Optics International, and Saskatchewan Polytechnic. Welcome, Barb. Thank you very much for the invite to be here, Brandy. It's nice to be here today. <laughs> yeah, we've done stuff like this before. Um, so this time, hopefully, because it's virtual and not in person, we will not be wrecking any places, destroying any equipment, unless it's our own. <laughs> exactly. Our own equipment we can replace. When we break yeah. other people's equipment, it doesn't go over quite as well. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. But thanks so much for agreeing to do this. Absolutely. And, it's a yeah. neat opportunity just to talk about the platforms that we use and the differences between them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the interesting thing that I think both of us realize. So we're both pretty techie and we both do a lot of the same things, but when we start talking details, the way that we each do things is so radically different. Yes, entirely um, different. And it's amazing how you can accomplish the exact same goal in yeah. so many different ways. Right, yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny because, and we use so many of the same tools and it's like, well, how do you get this? And then, you know, you'll tell me what you do. And I'll be like, that completely does not work for me. Here's what I do. And then you're like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Exactly. <laughs> <same thing. laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true. I never actually thought about that. But you're right. The tools yeah. that we use, we have lots in common. And yet we use them entirely differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And since we're both doing online courses, but we're using different platforms, I thought this would be a good a good topic for us to cover since people like one of their main concerns when they think about doing online courses is what tech they're going to use and they get mm -hmm. so caught up in it. Um, yeah. But before we get into any sort of techie thing, I did want to ask you um, your opinion on taking online courses to learn the thing that you need to learn versus hiring someone else to do that thing. So basically you learn it yourself or you just let someone else do it. So why, what are the pros and cons or why is it better sometimes to do an online course versus outsourcing? So one of the things that I've seen over the last few years is 
learning how to do something and learning what the outcome means, I think is so important for businesses of all sizes. So a lot of times what I've seen is a, a medium to large size business will hire someone to do some work for them, but they don't actually understand the work that's being done. And I'll just use the example of SEO. So they get a report on a monthly basis and they actually don't know if it's good or bad. And so by being able to take a course and learn what those numbers mean, then all of a sudden that information is so much more valuable and you can have a completely different kind of interaction with your um, hired person who's doing that work for you. Or if you're so inclined as the business owner, you can bring that work in house and feel confident because you've now learned how to automate something or learned how to do your own SEO. So I really like the idea of learning if you want to actually be able to do it great or even better, learn how to do something until you get to a point in your business where from a priority perspective, it's no longer a priority because you're big enough that you want to focus on your coaching or your solution out to your audience. And so instead, now you're going to hire someone to do the work for you and be able to be confident that it's being done well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a big thing. A lot of people, they'll hire, they'll hire someone to do the thing and then be really frustrated, disappointed, upset with the result. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, if they didn't understand what it was that they were trying to get done, then of course they blame the person that they hired, but it's That's not really right. their fault. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. But you know, <laughs> even in saying that, and you know, I would never want to speak poorly of my own industry, but I know a lot of folks who work in a technical space even though they understand how to do something technical, they don't always understand how to explain it to the customer. And so point. the technical person thinks they're doing A, the customer is thinking that they're doing B. And so there's this miscommunication that happens and yeah. no one is in the right and no one is in the wrong, but there's this total mismatch of what was wanted and what happened. And I think in large part, that's because um, folks don't necessarily understand the technical piece and they're very uncomfortable asking questions, looking for more information because they're not even sure what questions to ask. Yes. So <laughs> now that's, and then it is, it's an industry thing as a whole when, and I, I know you do a fantastic job of it. When you take time to explain to your customers what is going to be completed, it creates a whole a whole higher level, better, whatever level of confidence in the work that's being completed. Right. Yeah. 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 Because the thing that I so often hear from my own clients is that they feel dumb because they're really intelligent yeah. people who are so good at whatever non-technical thing that they do. Mm -hmm. Business is getting so technical the way we have to run and operate our, and market our businesses um, that as soon as they like dip a toe into that world, it's so foreign. They just, mm -hmm. and I so many clients say, I feel dumb. And I'm thinking, but you're not, <laughs> you just, this is stuff you don't know. Like if you asked me to do your job, I'd feel dumb too, because I have no yeah. idea what it is. And yeah, there's just this weird 
intimidation factor when it comes to all this techie stuff. And yeah, people don't know what questions to ask. And mm -hmm. if they think of a question, you know, they might not feel confident enough to ask. Yes. So yeah, so many issues. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the fun technical stuff. Yeah. If it's any consolation, I've been playing in that technical space for more than 20 years to the point that when we used to have a computer at home, I constantly got in trouble for playing with the settings and what it could do. And of course, it was mom and dad's computer and I would just use it for homework and stuff like that. But my dad was constantly upset with me. He's like, now what did you change on here, Barb? I'm like, well, I tried this today, dad. Yeah. So I think the writing was on the wall for me, like really early on. I just didn't necessarily know it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's when I, whenever I get a new piece of software or anything, the very first thing I do is go to the settings. Yes. <laughs> what are all the things I can change? Exactly. Yeah. What can I do? And, you know, interestingly, so we talk about the similarity in the apps that we use, but you're an, an iPhone user and I'm an Android user. Mm -hmm. And so I love to dig into my Android settings and what can I change and what can I automate and what can I set up tasks for that will automatically happen for me. And even those two pieces of software are so different. When you and I try and figure something out, it's like, okay, what does it do on iPhone? Because here's what it does on Android. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So let's take all that. Let's focus in on course stuff. But we're still, we're not going to get too techy yet. We'll get into <laughs> some more of those tech de details later. But so tell me a little bit about heights and... I guess, how you came across it and why you decided to use that for your, your online courses. So I was originally um, teaching my course starting back in 2017. And I always had a goal and a vision that I was going to turn this into an online course. But there had never been quite the right impetus. And I knew about lots of the different course platforms out there. Um, but because I was just getting started, I was actually looking for a software and app that might be able to grow with me. So it was on my shopping list. Uh, and I had looked at the big platforms. And then I stumbled on Heights platform completely by accident. I wasn't looking specifically for them. Um, but as I searched for different features and course setup options, um, they just kind of stumbled across my search. And that led me literally down a rabbit hole where I got to know everything that I could do with the platform. And then I took the leap. I didn't even try anything else. Uh, Heights was the first thing that I tried and it's become a very good relationship. I've been able to build five courses within the platform now. So I will be with them on a long-term basis simply because everything that I want to be able to do, I can complete uh, in one environment. And that was a big thing for me is to be able to have my ecosystem exist there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is very important. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's funny is Kajabi was the first thing I tried to and stuck with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and you know what? I think when you find something that, that works and I'll say matches intuitively, you stay. It's when something doesn't match for how your brain works that it, it feels awkward and you tend to try it and you do your 30-day trial and then you move on yeah. so 
Yeah, I, I certainly appreciate because even 30 days, that can be a fairly significant investment in terms of testing something out, right? Yeah. And you and I have both had some software experiences where we gave it the old college try and it just did <laughs> not work. No names mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing... There's nothing more sad than investing, like never, never even mind the money, investing the time in a platform and then just getting to the point where you're like, this just is not working. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to get all my stuff out of here and find something else. It's so, it can be so discouraging. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's not even so much whatever the cost was. It's the time cost. And yeah. that's something that as a business owner, I'm always aware of. So yes, I might be able to do that technical thing and maybe it'll take me one hour or maybe it'll take me four, but maybe you can do it for me and it's going to take you 15 minutes. So it's yeah. like, hey, Brandy, here's what I need, right? Yeah. Being able to recognize somebody else's skills and say, hey, just make this happen for me. Make it magic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And with the popularity of online courses right now, you can almost always find someone who is like specializing in that platform that, yeah, can do the thing in five minutes that it might take you a half hour just to figure out where the setting is. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, and I know we're going to have a technical conversation later. Um, that's one of the things that I do appreciate about height is everything has a CSS class, it's called. And so mm -hmm. whenever I want to customize something, it tends to be a quick process, not a, oh my God, how do I fix this process? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's talk about... Um, the courses that you've set up and I guess kind of just the general structure of how you can lay things out and how you can deliver them to students. So let's talk about what, what we can do with our platforms. Sure. So I want you to go first. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I suppose I can talk about how I do it, mm. but I would be willing to bet that you know, if we were to look at 100 courses, there's probably 100 different ways uh, that you can set it up. For me, what I did is I wanted a global section that any student taking any of my courses would have access to. Mm -hmm. So my very first module is available to all of my students, regardless of whether or not they uh, download a free lead magnet or register for a full paid course. Mm -hmm. So I have set mine up in these individual modules that depending on what you've signed up for or what you've downloaded, you have access to different pieces of content. So we have a course level set up and then we have a module level set up, which would be the main sections within a course. And then there's individual lessons that have, you know, all of the different pieces of content. Right. The hope of the hope based on how I've set the course up is we wanted a very linear flow to the course. Mm. So here's your foundation, here's the next level of information and keep building and building and building. Now, while I think of it in terms of, you know, building a house and starting from the, 
the bottom up. Yeah. I actually tell my students that the most important content, which is what we talk about first, is is that foundational piece. But I would actually put it at the top of a hierarchy because if you never quite get to the very end or you miss some lessons at the end, that's okay. If you got these first modules, these first yeah. pieces completed, then you have built a solid foundation. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the general structure of how I put the course together. Mm -hmm. um, we also have, you know, toolboxes uh, within that, like a, a digital toolbox that has access to, again, some lead magnets, um, some additional download information, things like that. And we're just starting to set up now for our membership program. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to have all of that in a single login for right. students. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, and this might differ between the different programs you have. So do students like they sign up and they can get everything all at once? Or do you like, do you ever drip out the content on like a daily or a weekly basis or, or any, anything like that? So I could, but I don't because of the way our primary course is delivered. Uh, we drip it out. Part of our course is actually delivered live. And oh. so right inside Heights, I can provide the link. People can hop over to YouTube, watch the live session, or they can even join in live with the link that's there. Um, so yes, I could do that. And in fact, I could lock certain features until they get to a certain point in the course. I could do all of that. But I don't because I really want my students to have complete flexibility. If they want to hop to the very last module and do that first for some reason, go to town, go watch it, go do all of the lessons, do the assignments, and then come back and do something else. So for it's sure. completely at their discretion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we do some similar things. So like the way that Kajabi lets you set things up. Um, I feel like maybe it's a little bit more siloed, but those students who they, they would create an account when they're purchasing something um, or signing up for something. And then they have a course library. And so everything is in there that they have access to. Mm -hmm. so, like when you said, when you said at first that your students, like everyone, no matter what, they've signed up for they everyone has access to this first part and then the rest of it is based on like the specific things they've signed up for mm -hmm. that's something that so many people have been asking kajabi for so they want to be able to create one product mm -hmm. and in that product which is your course say only yeah like module one everyone can see but then module two only these people can see like mm -hmm that now I have recently learned that that can be ac accomplished with custom code that I now have access to okay <laughs> so I was like yes so I don't know if that's something they'll ever put in it's like sort of that conditional mm -hmm. um I mean you can still accomplish that without the custom code you just have to right. set up multiple products which of course depending on your plan you have a limited number of products so Oh, so that, that's how they get you, right? Like if you have if you have a course that kind of has like five slightly different versions, mm -hmm. you have 
you have to set up and it's important that people only see the things that are specific to what yes. you have That's to right. five versions of that course and then only grant people access to the one that's applicable. That's correct. Okay. If you, if you are someone who has like, so your setup, the mm -hmm. way you've got it now, if you were like, oh, I'm going to switch to Kajabi, I might be like, mm, maybe not. I mean, you could put in this custom code and that might work. I haven't, I'm so eager to dive into it. Exactly. <laughs> Going to test it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that tends to be like, if Kajabi is really awesome, if you just have one, one or two like really big courses that are just the same, like mm -hmm. everyone has access to the same parts. Um, but yeah, otherwise like you have your course and then you have your modules and then you have your lessons within your modules. And you can even have, like, if it's a mini course, you can mm -hmm. just have like five lessons and don't worry about having a module. So could you take that same mini course concept in Kajabi and have a mini course that every single student gets access to uh, without changing your cost? I'm just thinking the custom code that you have, if you could get around it that way. Yeah. Yeah, so that that tends to be what people do. So they'll they'll look at okay, what content is going to be available to everyone, and then they'll instead of having that be part of a course, that's its own course. Mm -hmm. So then everyone gets access, and then you know if there's kind of like two learning paths, like say maybe you have like beginner and advanced, right? But then you have your little intro thing that can be its own course, and everyone gets access to it, and then you have two more, which is like the beginner path and the advanced path. So in the end, you you could have three courses. Okay. And, and just grant access based on the offer that they purchase. So it's still doable. It's mm -hmm. just, you have a lot of things like that. Like if you need, if you need like four courses, suddenly you have to bump yourself up to the next plan or you have to buy additional, oh. things, right? So that, um, that's why it tends to be like when people come to me and they say, oh, I just have like a few mini courses. I'm like, maybe Kajabi isn't right for you right now. Mm -hmm. Because unless, unless you have a proven sales method and you know, you can sell a hundred every month, right. like, if you know, you can sell in volume. Then mm -hmm. great. <laughs> but yeah. if you're, if it's like a $17 course and you're selling like maybe, you know, one a week, it's like, okay, use something else right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's probably not quite time. You know, that's interesting because if I was to look at from a technically from a course perspective right now, I have 11 courses in there. Some are free, some right. are automatically included to everyone. And so I've, I'm a little bit spoiled because I can have as many courses as I want yeah. with whatever flow I want. And I never have to think about, Oh, I'm going to hit my limit. Your max. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I never even thought about that. I would have been in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, some of the, the courses I have, like in terms of dripping them out or just letting people access everything all at once, I do it differently depending on what the course is about. If it, you know, if it's just, here's a big collection of information and there's, and you decide what's important, then yeah, it's like, well, here's everything. You pick what order you want to do stuff in. Like I've probably, I've categorized it so that it's easier to kind of find things. Mm -hmm. but yeah, you can do it in whatever order you want. And then you have other things sometimes that you need people to do in a certain order for it to make sense. 
Yes. So then like you're kind of, the lessons kind of build on each other. Mm -hmm. Then I sometimes like to drip it out because then it forces people to, to do stuff in order. Yeah. In a very specific order. You know, one of the things that I was just thinking as you were talking there, um, I have enrolled in some Kajabi courses in the past. And mm-hmm. so I have a single Kajabi login that will take me to your course, uh, to take me to one of the fitness courses that was delivered through Kajabi, uh, yeah. and then some of the other online pieces. So it's kind of nice that I can log in and I can toggle between each of the different ones because I'm sure Kajabi has, you know, millions of courses mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Um, where because my course is set up on a custom domain with a custom login, once you're in, there's no toggling between my course and another course that you might be registered in, in Heights. Mm-hmm. Now, if they, the, the courses all work on a mobile device, yeah. but it's not actually an app that you download from, you know, Play Store or whatever, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it works a little bit differently that way then too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Kajabi has an app. I actually, when I'm, if I'm needing to toggle between different courses, I actually find the app easier to do that on than on desktop because it's just yes. an app that lists all your courses. It's so easy. Exactly. To back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, there are other platforms out there where it is extremely difficult to like not to name any names, but I know there are several where it's like, okay, I know I've signed up for five courses and these five people all use this platform. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you know, every time I try to log into one, I'm accidentally using the login for the different one and I can't figure out. And then sometimes they have an an account that like puts them all together. The idea being like Kajabi, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. always work. Yes. Sometimes I just can't log in. Oh, I I so hear you. I've actually taken to, uh, if I'm going to bookmark something, I put the login email beside my bookmark because, you know, I've got three or four different logins that I use. And so if I accidentally go into the wrong one, then I end up in the wrong product. I agree wholeheartedly. There's no such thing as just toggling. That's not always an easy thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I have a bad feeling like for those other platforms, that functionality, if they wanted to fix that, I say fix in quotation marks, that's mm-hmm. probably some like foundational code that they would have to go through and completely revamp. And it's, it's probably just, they're just like, don't want to do it because it would exactly. be Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, we're getting techie again. So let's go back to <laughs> um, content types. So what kind of content or what kind of media can you upload into Heights? What, um, what kind of lessons do you deliver? So that's an interesting question. Um, when I first started with Heights, uh, of course I, you know, I did a little bit of reading before I got started and I'll call it the, um, the rule, the basic principle is, you know, you can have a video lesson, an audio lesson, a download, a text, an image, whatever. So you can have all these basic types. And in theory, you can have a single lesson type. Well, because I'm comfortable with technology and because I'm a little better at asking for forgiveness than I am at asking for permission, 
I decided I was going to try this. What happens if I upload a video lesson and upload the audio for that particular lesson and also upload a download? And so I tried to put like all of the different kinds into a single lesson, fully expecting that when I was done, I was only going to get the last thing that I uploaded. Yeah. But lo and behold, to my surprise, everything stayed. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I very quietly just continued to do that. And I even watched conversations happen in the online community that they've created where it would say, yeah, you know, a lesson is a single type. And I was like, well, no, actually it works, but, but that's okay. I won't tell anybody then. <laughs> so what we can do is we can put everything into a single lesson. So here's your video at the top. You can either upload it uh, and have height host it, which is what I do because then they look after all the encoding parts so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, or you can just embed video. So it's totally your choice. Right. You can have your text, your download, audio if you also want to provide that, your transcript. So everything can go into a single lesson. And the, the reason I like it that way is because if a student's on their phone and they want to listen while they're driving to and from work or you know driving out to the cabin for the weekend go to town we want this to be like totally mm -hmm. convenient for you yeah. um and having said that like i try and watch that i don't put too much in there because the one thing that i would have to do with css is to manage how it looks when the student logs in i'd have to use css to have you know, maybe the download at the bottom instead of the top or, you know, vice versa. So I'm a little bit cognizant of how much I put in a single lesson, but I can put anything I want in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I know like one of the things that I had a client asking me about a few months ago was they wanted to, they were, they wanted to be able to upload audio files mm -hmm. in into their Kajabi course because they were going to do weekly, like weekly coaching calls, but mm -hmm. they were, they were audio calls only. They weren't like recording zoom sessions. Okay. And at the time I was like, well, actually you can't upload audio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can turn it into a video. Like, so just open up your video editor, plop like a single still image in mm -hmm. and then, you know, turn it into a video. I said, then we can upload it. Right. But within God, within weeks of me telling them that <laughs> all of a sudden Kajabi was like, Hey, you now have audio. So, oh. so that was, that was really nice. I think, I think they did it partly because of the popularity of podcasting now. And so, mm -hmm. so people only had audio and not video, mm -hmm. um, but I also think like, because of the, pandemic everyone's online but not everyone has good internet so sometimes you only have an audio file mm -hmm. or sometimes you can only listen to an audio file because your your internet just doesn't have the bandwidth to play video okay so, yeah so now we can put like you can put audio files anywhere but to have to be able to upload an audio file as your course media mm -hmm. or lesson media so that is new and I was really glad they did that because before it was pretty much like the, the idea, like the main idea was, oh, you're creating video lessons. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like it's been 
you know, based on that. So now you can have a video or you can have an audio file or you can have an assessment. Um, they've had that for a while. So like if you want to test someone <laughs> at the end of watching videos, you can do that. Um, and those are kind of the primary, that's the primary content. Mm -hmm. And then of course you can upload whatever files you want, uh, except for that there was a really interesting discussion, not interesting, interesting, but interesting kind of like, duh, funny. <laughs> Someone was complaining about not being able to upload an Excel file that had a macro in it. Oh. So people spread viruses. Of course you can't upload. <laughs> yeah. ML file and they're like well but I need my students to get and I'm like well then you just have to link to it like exactly in your course description <laughs> open up this file but Kajabi's not going to let you upload that file to their servers like mm -hmm. so yeah you can upload pretty much anything except <laughs> so are you able to to upload let's just say a pdf are you able to upload multiple PDFs to a single lesson? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's one thing that I can do. I can have one PDF per lesson. I can uh, have one audio file per right. lesson. Uh, I can get around the video restriction by having one video uploaded and the rest embedded. Um, so I guess technically I could probably do that with both a PDF and an audio file where I could embed them separately into the lesson instead of uploading. Right. So that would be one option. But, you know, just from a strictly upload content, I can only upload one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, like for documents, we could upload as many as we want. But for those media files, like the video and the audio, mm -hmm. it technically be one per lesson uh, yeah, so was, stuff in the description area if you needed to was the um was the audio piece was that kajabi plan specific i had taken a kajabi course a few years back and i'm sure there was audio files in there but i'm wondering i think i had to download them to play them i don't think i could play them in kajabi yeah so in the in the previous course builder, because um, there's a new, there's like a new template now. Mm -hmm. In the previous course builder, you could you could upload an audio file that would appear kind of in the download section, mm -hmm. um, and then you could then there was a, a setting because some people were like, oh, but if I put my audio there, people can download it. And that was true. They couldn't download the video, but they could download the audio. And so there was a global setting for allowing or not allowing people to download. And then, but people were like, well, on this course, I need them to download the audio, but on this course, I don't want them to, but I don't have the choice now. So that there, there were audio files before, and then they kind of quietly disappeared. Ah, like, okay like introduced the new course theme, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then people were just having to like upload an audio file that of course then people can easily download just like a document. Mm -hmm. So we finally kind of put that audio back in, but it's at least, so instead of just being kind of like an afterthought that you upload to the lesson, it is the actual lesson content. Got it. So yeah, you're not like, you're right, you weren't dreaming. There was 
point and it went away and now it's back. <laughs> That's good because uh, it wasn't you and I having this conversation. It was um, uh, my virtual assistant. I swore I had sent her this email the other day and I'm like, okay, I must be dreaming about sending emails now. Cause like, I actually remember it. So yeah. It's like, I'm dreaming. I did this stuff. I now dream and work in my sleep. Right. Yes. That does happen. Exactly. Sometimes you find it in your, outbox or it was a comment you wrote somewhere and didn't actually send it as an email mm -hmm. yeah yeah you find it in draft oh there's nothing worse it's like oh my goodness it was still in my draft yeah <laughs> definitely so that wraps up today's episode of bsing with brandy if you enjoyed this topic you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com that's brandy with an i not with a y there you'll also find show notes and links to any of the resources that we talked about today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. And I wish you all the best getting shit done this week.